This is episode 59 of the Marshall Street Podcast. You're listening to the Marshall Street Podcast, the home of music industry know-how that will give you the skills to take your career to the next level. Here are your hosts, Bennett Ferguson and Stu Watts. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 59 of the Marshall Street Podcast, and we are joined by a guest today, Stewie. Yes, we are. Seamus. Seamus from Exude Group. Thank you very much for having me. No, thank you for joining us. It is a pleasure to have you in the building, as always. It's been a minute. Uh, now, before we get into the nitty gritty with you, uh, as we say on all the podcasts, if you like the information that we're putting out here, make sure to share it with a friend. You can now subscribe to podcasts or you can rate podcasts on Spotify, sorry. Yep. So give us a rating, share it with a friend. If you know someone who's looking to get into the industry and you think this information is useful to them, let them know about it. That's how we can get this podcast out to more people. So let's get straight into it, Stewie. Let's get started, mate. Tell us, tell us a bit about your background, how you got to where you are. So I'm 22 right now. I started in the industry when I was 18. Um, pretty much straight out of school, I jumped into it. Um, my uncle manages a lot of bands. I think I've told you boys this before. And I went to a lot of his shows. So that's sort of how I, um, I don't know, found the industry, I guess. Well, for people that don't know who that is, who is that? John Watson. So he managed Silverchair from early days, Midnight Oil, Cold Chisel, all of those uh, epic bands. And he was a machine. Presets. He's a machine. <laughs> he's crazy. Big names on the roster yeah, yeah, yeah. there. He's, he's pretty full on. Um, Can so, I just say, I didn't realise you were 22. Yeah, 22. Damn, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wish so, I'd done these things when I was 22. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. But yeah, basically, I started managing a couple bands locally. Um, that was sort of like my entryway into it. I didn't know what backline meant. I didn't know what a run sheet was. I had no idea <laughs> what any of these you know terminologies were. So I sort of learned as I went. Um, made a lot of mistakes. Um, I think the last time we talked, uh, w- like ten years is probably a realistic you know, amount of time to get really good at something. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer in that. I'm five years in right now, so I'm sort of still a rookie, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun. We started booking for a venue in Footscray called Pride About Footscray in 2018. And that was a bunch of that – was, that was a huge experience for us because – a, we weren't really in the scene, so it gave us the opportunity to sort of like meet a lot of different bands. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing sound for those gigs, so I was like very involved with everyone that was coming through. So I was building personal relationships with everyone, making some money on the side. So I, like, honestly, yeah, so I just started hustling in the industry, trying to do whatever I could to make money so I didn't have to work my warehousing <laughs> job uh, was, was sort of the go. Um, but yeah, so I've managed two bands. They both have sort of fizzled out. One of them, you know, a member went to... Uh, different country. The other one, they sort of just parted ways as things go. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I've got two bands, Good Sniff and Stimpies. You might have heard of them. They're about to release a bunch of music this year. And then Art May, who's sort of under the radar at the moment, but we're, we're and it, it was, she was still under the radar last time we talked. So mm-hmm. things are moving slowly. Um, where I am right now, I'm doing a lot of, well, we're trying to build capital. So we're talking to a lot of investors and, and, you know, labels. I've got a label meeting this afternoon. Um, and, yeah, we're just trying to, like, really cement ourselves in the industry. And obviously to make money, you need money. So uh, And it's hard to come by money right now in the industry. So, yeah, we're sort of dipping our toes outside of, you know, um, our realm of things, I guess. Traditional. Yeah, traditional exactly right. So just, just, to, just to touch on that as well, if you don't mind, it's like this specific investor that I'm talking about, a bit of a backstory I went to school with him in year nine, he got hit by a truck, right? His entire right leg got degloved. 
Yeah, so that's no fat, no skin, no nothing on the leg, right? Oh, that is brutal. He's a legend. He's a legend. It took him like a year and a half of recovery of like, you know, to to get those sort of motor skills back and they graft off his... So just to give you like, I'm not trying to get investment of family or friends, uh, not family, I'm not trying to get investment of people like labels and stuff like that. We're trying to make things as independent as possible so we can Mm. keep the IP, we can keep all of that sort of stuff. We're trying to find investors that aren't just trying to make a quick buck are in it for the long, like long haul. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's sort of where I am right now. I'm based at the Westwood, which is the old reverence. We're upstairs, that's where our office is. Um, and yeah, we're just sort of hustling. Uh, Love it. At the moment, we've got, I've got two people in my team, Anthony and uh, Lockie. And I should also say, if you're trying to get in the industry, find people who like compliment your weaknesses, right? Because I'm, I'm shit at a lot of things, but I'm also good at some things. <laughs> so we all? You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like Anthony and Lockie really complement my weaknesses. So awesome. I'm just on a ramble here. But yeah, that, I, think, I think that's one of the strongest things for me is like I can't do everything on my own. So having these people around me is, you know, is crucial to, to me, you know, being able to like focus on the things that I need to focus on so that yep. we can, 100%. you know, move forward on the bigger picture and all that sort of stuff. Yep. And, and yeah. I, I wanted to know like – you always started this straight out of school. Straight up. When you were in high school, was it a matter of music was your everything? No, Or was it seeing John doing his thing and being like, how fucking cool is that to work in the music exactly industry? Exactly right. Yeah. I idolised John. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, my dad was in a band when he was a kid So with John. So John played yeah. bass and my dad played guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of, yeah, like I always loved music. Like, Back in Townsville where I was born, we had this like record player and I was always blasting music way too loud. Like, you know, all the neighbors would always get pissed off and all that. The chickens would start, you know, screaming and all that sort of shit. So, um, yeah, no, I, I always loved music, but I had no idea that it could be a full-time job and actually be mm. something that I'd be really interested in. And I think the main reason why I'm so interested in it is because there's so much to learn. Mm. I'm always, I've always been a learner. Like I've always loved, I hate school, but I always mm. loved like Nat Geo and like the Discovery Channel and like, you know, <laughs> YouTube videos about Elon Musk or, you know, whoever, you know, <laughs> yep. like that sort of shit. I, I love learning and I love sort of understanding how to, you know, I love, I, I like making mistakes. I just like that whole process. I like the process. Yeah. You um, like learning on your own terms. Abs- and I hate people telling me what to do. <laughs> so that, you <laughs> summarize that so well. So the music industry is perfect. Like, cause as we say all the time, it's a, we're an industry of pirates. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's everyone who will do anything not to have a job. It's mm-hmm. like the amount of hours we work mm-hmm. to not work a 38 hour week <laughs> is ridiculous. It's the best way to put it really. It is. Um, yeah. Now you mentioned two things that I want to um, draw back on. Mm-hmm. One is looking for investment outside of traditional. <laughs> you um, can sit back if you want. Yeah, I just <laughs> fall, <laughs> fall all the way. So I'm just going to stay here. Uh, looking for investment outside of traditional, uh, you know, income streams. Most most yep. of the times when people think about getting capital for music, they go major labels. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, what comes with that is major labels look for major label shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and their downfall is that, you know, if you're not putting out hits or even if the A&Rs don't agree with the sound mm-hmm. you're making, they're going to shelve you. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the support um, from the back end. You're not going to get put on the tours that they're fully capable of putting you on purely because major labels have their KPIs and their major label shit that they look for. Yeah. Um, and I think we're definitely drifting away from 
that them having the stronghold in the industry mm -hmm. that they used to because people are realizing one the internet has opened so many more mm -hmm. opportunities in terms of generating revenue for yourself yeah. like you know there are female artists who run up a huge bag on OnlyFans there are Absolutely. there is like there is other ways to make money to fund your art in mm -hmm. the early stages before you get that money coming back for in sure. um, without signing over your back catalog and you know your essentially career mm -hmm. to a major label you know so it's awesome to hear someone young yeah. coming up not falling into that cookie cutter mold that yeah. a lot of people, um, I guess, the For trap sure. that they fall into. It's 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 going on a label and getting some sort of investment from a label is so so much easier. Um, like we are struggling right now to to. It's not easy to to find investment outside of those sort of labels. Um, they already have it. Obviously, they have the infrastructure. They have their sort of formats on how they do things, um, and they do it pretty well. But Look, I, they all have their agendas and especially artists that are very niche and have a very sort of um, out there personality. I feel like it's a lot more, it's challenging going for a label when you don't fit the norm. Let's call you know it spade I mean? spade. Fucking these days, A&Rs, there is, I have not seen a person of color or minority be an A&R mm -hmm. in a major label and yet they're dictating the point. sound that is coming from fucking uh -huh. the streets. Uh -huh. There's a complete mismatch in that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where you see uh, people who take a big advance mm -hmm. and sign away creative control and their biggest hits were before they signed to the major mm -hmm. because all of a sudden now they've got to tell a fucking 40-year-old white person and justify mm -hmm. their music to this dude who has no idea about the culture it's coming mm -hmm. from. Absolutely. I think Russ, uh, you guys know Russ, mm -hmm. he's, he's for me, he's sort of opened my eyes when it comes to all of that stuff the most, more than John. Like John has obviously said to me, he's in a different world, but he said to me like, Build your leverage before you go to a label. You can always sell your songs to labels once they get to a certain size and you can make a bag off that, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, but, you know, building the leverage is crucial because if you don't have leverage, then you're just going to get rorted. Yeah, 100%. Um, and yeah, I, I, it's like any business deal. If you're yeah. asking for someone else to pay for everything that you do and mm -hmm. you've got no credibility or mm -hmm. no leverage in that conversation, you are going to get reamed. Mm. It's like no matter what industry, if you want someone else to pay for your shit, mm they're always going to want control. Mm -hmm. doesn't it's matter not if, just music. This is everything else. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if it's rock or if it's hip-hop. It doesn't matter if it's, a, I mean? if it's a gym absolutely. franchise. If yeah. you want someone else to pay for what you do, mm -hmm. you're at the mercy of them. Mm -hmm. And I think there's this like disconnect where artists don't see that, you know, they don't see that business side of things. Like we talk about it all the time, you know, music is way more business than it is the actual songs these days. Like, yeah, maybe back in the day, to be an independent musician, you had to put out a like mm. solid amount of music. These days, the business and the marketing side of things almost overtakes the actual creative side of things. 100%. And there's this disconnect between independent artists and young artists that want for some reason mm. to be on a major label mm -hmm. just because they like the way that it's that the sounds. Facade. It's the facade that major labels created. It mm -hmm. is, but they don't understand that side of things mm -hmm. where yep. the actual um, planning and you know, all of that stuff mm. that it takes to actually go to a major label or have them come to you and mm. you know how to respond. Mm. What do you want out of it? Mm. You know, is it purely money? Is it their black book? Is it like, mm -hmm. you know, is it a tour? Is it all that? You have yeah. to know all of these different aspects before you even think about oh, a major. And otherwise you'll, yeah. It's ridiculous. So otherwise you're going to be signing that in huge, their terms. Yeah, mm. there's that huge disconnect and, and um, it's really important that they have someone on their team. Yeah. If it's not them, that's totally fine. Mm. If you're the artist and you're like, fuck, fuck all that stuff, mm. it's really overwhelming, I don't understand it, that's totally fine. But you need someone that does know that and can look out for mm. you. For sure. Definitely. There's a lot of naivety there with that disconnect. Like, 
Um, it's like a zero to a hundred. We, we're going to be overnight success, <laughs> you know, tomorrow if we sign to this label. Well, it's like we, sorry to jump in there. It's like uh, we said with Bassie um, a few podcasts ago, it's mm. like when they signed to Hopeless, there's this image and especially everyone growing up, ultimately, you know, we're chasing a dream that started from us watching music videos and idolizing people on stage. And you think, oh man, once I sign this deal, sweet, give me the keys to the mansion. Mm. I fucking made it, you know. But it doesn't, it doesn't go down that way. Mm. Um, and it's only when you start, okay, fuck, let's upskill my knowledge, mm -hmm. and I need to go through some skills, some, I need to get more skills, some experience uh, to know what I'm dealing absolutely. with. Absolutely. And I should also mention as well, like with that investment, as it relates to us, it's Vanessa, Art May. Um, we we're getting these projects done at an incredibly discounted rate. Like we've built relationships around the community, whether it be Young Marta Seaton who's doing our marketing end of things, whether it's Braden Fun Films doing the video, uh, music video end of things, um, myself, my team, like we're all working for free. No one is asking for a cent, which I don't expect anyone to do. Obviously, this is a very individual, you know, specific uh, circumstance, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's like, you know, hustle for four or five years, build those relationships, mm. find that team, then look for some investment, which you're going to need substantially less at this point because mm -hmm. you you know you're saving on all the, these you've got different networks. Exactly right, and you know, and then sort of like you know squeeze the most out of that as you possibly can, yep. rather than just going, I need a hundred grand from X, and you know you, you're going to you're going to need to pay it back, and then because <laughs> no, 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 when you when you ask for a major label for that, what's the first the first thing they do is put you in their studios with their writers, uh -huh. and they charge you major label fucking uh -huh. prices. Like, do you know how quick it is for a major <laughs> to burn through twenty five thousand yeah, dollars yeah, on a record? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And then right. do you know how hard it is for you as a band to, to make mm -hmm. that 25k for them mm -hmm. it's a trap mm -hmm. but um i want to touch back on something else um yeah. before we get too too far into that yeah um you said you did this straight out of high school mm -hmm. um which is awesome starting when you're 18 mm -hmm. you know you obviously got into this you know pretty young and even now as a 22 year old have a much more have a great head on your shoulders and have done a lot of things and been through a lot of experiences the most mm -hmm. 22 year olds in the industry wouldn't have done mm -hmm. um we see a lot of people that age come through and just be almost stuck and roadblocked mm. in terms of how do I do it? Mm. How do I network? How do I meet people? Like mm. the questions that I guess when you are 10 years into it seem easy to mm -hmm. answer. How did you start that process at 18? What like what, what, what did you what was your thought process? What did what did you actually start actioning? Yeah, this might be a bit cringe, but it's like I I I I really love this quote. Um, I'm gonna butcher it, but it's like the, you know, uh, this the someone's on a horse in a forest. I'm butchering this. So <laughs> yeah. Go for Good, it, bro. do it. But do it. it's like the, the person on the horse asks the horse, "Is like I can't see my way forward. Where do I go?" And then the horse replies, "Can you see your next step?" And he goes, "Yes." Then take it. You know what I mean? It's like mm. you might not be able to see the full fucking you know yep. road road out of the forest, but like if you can see that first step and you can make those incremental changes mm. or those incremental sort of, you know, uh, movements, it's like that is going to contribute massively in your career long-term. And it's like, you're going to make the mistakes. So walk into the wall. You yep. know what I mean? Like once you yep. walk in the wall, realize there's a wall there and, you know, like fucking pivot away. You know what I mean? Like yep. that's the that's, way I see it. Yep. And it's like, and not only that, once you walk into that wall, you realize it's not the end of the world. Yeah. A lot of people are so scared. As, oh, sure. man, what if I, what if I do, what if it goes wrong? The, oh, well. Honestly, the biggest <laughs> things that I've learned, this will keep you safe if you're wanting to be a manager in the industry, communication with your artists, like over communicate, like mm -hmm. make sure everything is ridiculously clear, especially when it comes to finances. Yep. yep. Um, and then obviously base everything off ethical decisions. Like you're in my contract with Vanessa, it states that I'm doing everything on her best behalf. You know what I mean? And 
I live by that. And that if I didn't, then obviously, you know, we wouldn't have a contract and all that sort of stuff. So it's like, I, the, as long as you live by those things where it's like really over communicate and make sure that you're doing things ethically and, you know, do it, you know, touching base, doing things as well. Another one, the third one, <laughs> this is, this is one that John's told me and it's stuck with me for a long time. It's like, if you want to turn left, you're driving in a car with an artist, you want to turn left. And the artist is like, no, I want to turn right. You're like, no, we should really turn left here. Like, I'm telling you, it's going to be quicker. Let's turn left. It's like, no, we're turning right. We're turning right. Okay. We're turning right with everything. Like my whole team is turning right. We're turning right and we're going to hit it. We're going to forget that we said turn left and we're just going to, we might revisit that in a little bit and go, hey, look, we probably should have turned left back there. But at the end of the day, we're following the artist's lead, right? Mm. They set the agenda. Um, I see a lot of managers, especially younger managers coming in right now. Mm. And it's like, they're setting the agenda. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, why are you managing an artist when you are acting as the artist. Yeah. It's not your vision, it's the mm -hmm. artist's vision. Mm -hmm. And that even works as well when it comes to engineers and producers working on music that we've sort of discovered recently. It's like, you know, it's good to have a producer that's involved in it, but at the end of the day, they should be enhancing the vision of the 100%. artist. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be the producer's vision, yeah. right? Yeah, it's so not like you're coming in with like some pop rock song and then you're like, guys, I know what we need to do here. Yeah. Trance. Exactly right. <laughs> it's like, and what? No, but people do that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, fucking okay it's like you yeah. know, and, and as a manager, it's my job to make sure that these artists are, whether it be in the studio, whether it be at the shows, whether it be with the booking agent, whoever it is, it's like the vision of the artist is being represented at its full form and, you know, there's no compromises. Yep. That, that as long as you're covering those sort of bases, mm -hmm. I feel like as a manager, you're fucking sweet. You're Definitely. all good. And you need a hustle. You need to work. All that and I think the other, the other thing I'll add in that is just transparency. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you're making every, the moves you make, if you're fully transparent mm -hmm. about having the artist's best intentions at heart, mm -hmm. nine and a half times out of ten, you can fuck something up and they're not going to get mad at you. Absolutely Because right. you're like, hey, man, you've shown you're mm -hmm. working out. You're completely mm -hmm. transparent. Mm -hmm. You're like, I thought this was going to – I turned right because this is all the information I had leading up to it. Yep. So I turned right thinking mm – -hmm. and if it didn't go that way, mm -hmm. it's a learning curve. Mm -hmm. And you should be able to go through that together as yeah. a team. Accountability as well. It's like if you mess up with something, then oh, you fucking it. put your hand up yeah. and you fucking own that shit and, yep. and you speak it out. Um, I, the, the other thing with that as well is that there's not one way to get to somewhere. Correct. And there's you know? like in any creative field there's – there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah, Everyone absolutely. has their own unique journey. Yep. The three of us sitting here mm -hmm. have had our own unique journeys to mm -hmm. get to where we are yep. and we will still continue on our own yep. unique mm -hmm. journey. We're still going to achieve things we want to achieve. There is no right or wrong. Like that's just, that's humans it's putting internal, this. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now let's start moving forward. So even with, so you currently manage, uh, you manage acts, as we've seen, you also book bands. Yep. Um, I guess in speaking with uh, John, what, you know, is this something you talk about? The difference in, say, managing a band now than 15, 20 years ago, obviously income streams have changed hugely in the in the music industry. How do you see, I guess, management continuing on? And as well as that, even booking bands um, for venues, how has that changed even while you've been involved? Um, well, we sort of like... Oh, it's it's weird right now because it's COVID times. Well, true, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So that, it, that puts a bit of a spanner in it. But um, in terms of management how it's changed I think well it just it changes daily like being a manager in the industry is like you're constantly having to check the new sort of formats of social media so whether it be TikTok or marketing on you know Instagram and all that sort of stuff you have to stay very 
present with technology, with, you know, what's popping, like, you know, in terms of trends, that's, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's the, the biggest thing when it comes to marketing. I mean, look, a manager wears so many hats, so it's so fucking broad. Like it, it, it is ridiculous how, how, how broad it is. But in terms of the changes, um, I think it's definitely less gate kept. Like that's, that's something that John's pushed a lot. Um, there's less opportunity for gatekeeping as well, obviously, with labels not having full control, less control. Um, but, yeah, I mean, not, not, not crazy. Even in, the in, even in the income, I feel like there's less income available to management these days. Yeah, but I think John would say that's for the best. John would say back in the day, even though he'd called them the good old days, <laughs> he'd say that it was a bit of a scam back in the day. You know what I mean? Like yep. not scam, but it's like artists were definitely not, uh, yeah, aware. aware of a lot of the things that yeah, were going that on. That they were paying yeah. for. Exactly yeah. right. And I think John has always taken a net deal with all of his artists. He's never taken a gross deal. And even back in the day, it was Can you of, explain those terms? Yeah, for- so a, a gross deal would be uh, not taking any um, overheads not contributing any overheads into the bottom line, right? Yeah. So, so basically you take your 20% off the total amount rather than net is when after expenses and everything's mm-hmm. paid, you take your 20% off the lower amount. Exactly right. But again, net gets tricky because there's a lot of different things that artists will try and put in the contract to cover, you know, as, you know, overheads. So there's above and below the line. So your AV costs, your tour management costs, your, you know, uh, booking merch. cheek, like all merch, all of that sort of stuff, they'll try and push, you know, above or below the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's basically that. And cool. I think John would, yeah, John has always taken net deals. Um, he's always been extremely ethical and I think that's why he's cemented himself in the industry like he has. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest change in uh, artist income is is the sort of it's, it's more it, – it's actually frowned upon now to take a gross deal. Mm. If you take a gross deal as a manager, people are like, oh, that's a bit sketchy. Mm. Oh, the other thing is as well, something that John's really made clear to me is don't double dip. Yeah. Don't double dip whatsoever. So if you're, you know, how we're starting this entity for the label that's going to be funded by my friend, it's like I'm not going to take a percentage in that. I'm not going to take a cut from that. I'm taking only from the management end of things. Yeah. And I think as well it's okay to sort of pick and sh- it, it's all right to go whatever sort of is the bigger income stream, I'll just pick that one yep. rather than, you know, taking from both. I think yep. that's, you know, so that's Definitely. And I think it's a it's a conversation that needs to happen because as you said by managers these days wearing so many hats, mm-hmm. there is arguments for and against it. Um so you know, for instance, these days, because it's, it is a lot easier for an artist to set up their own label, to, you know, run their own tours, to mm-hmm. have their own management, suddenly you can find yourself um, doing all the admin for a record label, doing all the distribution for the label, sorting all the PR for mm-hmm. a label, as well as being the tour manager for a band, mm-hmm. as well as being the booking agent mm-hmm. for a band, as well as doing the management. Mm-hmm. Now, which splits do you run off? Mm. Does, is the, the label split? If you, as you know, say you're running the label with the artist, mm-hmm. say, are you taking now a label split as the owner of the record label? Mm. Do you get your split there? Is your management split come out of that? Mm-hmm. Do If you're booking the tours, do you take the booking management split? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of these things mm-hmm. are now on the table mm-hmm. they, and this is what they, they should be spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's... It is, every every situation is unique mm. and 100% I don't believe in double dipping mm. um, but I also do believe in getting compensated for where your work mm-hmm. is done. And to me, I look at it like, you know, 20, 30 years ago, there was one 
big income stream that went to the label mm-hmm. that everything, everyone kind of dipped their cup Off out shoes. of this stream. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was one fat stream and it was a fucking lot mm-hmm. of money because records cost 30 cents to make and they mm-hmm. were selling for 30 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. So you had one big income stream yeah. that everyone could dip their cup out of. Yeah. Whereas now you have 30 or 40 smaller streams mm-hmm. and it's going, all right, well, which one am I entitled to? Which one mm-hmm. did I help build? Mm-hmm. Which one is the artist? Um, and at the end of the day, how much the artist is involved, it plays a huge part. Mm-hmm. If the artist doesn't want to post on their socials and doesn't want to stay up on trends and doesn't want to lift a fucking finger mm-hmm. except be the artist, mm-hmm. guess what? My opinion is you're losing a lot more of your cut, man, mm-hmm. because you want someone else to literally build and mm-hmm. run your career for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair to ask someone else to do that mm. and them not to be compensated for it. Yeah, I guess that would just come back down to transparency. 100%. Making that and on the, shit as and on the flip side, if you have an artist who is super involved in their own career and mm-hmm. is constantly keeping up on trends mm-hmm. and they're coming to the management mm-hmm. like, hey, what if I did this yeah. and mm-hmm. can you get me on this? Suddenly that's a whole different picture. Yep. So it's not, there is no one size fits Absolutely. all for agreements. Um, Absolutely. But it, and it comes down, so much of it these days is on the artist. Mm-hmm. Like, and even a man- management, like I believe in the person over the skill. And this is for business as well when I'm dealing with business owners um, I believe in the person as opposed over the idea because you can always pivot if the if the person finds a way to win they will pivot and move and in four years they will have built a business that works as opposed to someone who has an idea but they don't have the brain power and the capacity to pivot and move and find a way that works I think that's a really way good and it's same with an artist you can have an artist who is fucking amazing that has more head and shoulders above yeah. everyone else. If they're not willing to do the work and get it done, no management can fucking make it happen for them. Mm. No booking agent can yeah. make it happen. And I, I think it's easier said than done, but when you're looking to pick up an artist um, as a manager, like they're some of the biggest things that I'm looking at in terms of how involved is this person, how up to date and and sort of, you know, uh, active is this person across all the trends and all that sort of stuff. That is if, a vital, that's uh, a key. If someone, sorry to jump into you because I know you want to say <laughs> yeah. something, but if anyone out there is listening to this and they're 18 to 20 and they're like, fuck, they're hearing Seamus talk and they want to get in and start managing, the best advice, go and study the scene for mm-hmm. four to five mm-hmm. months, find the hardest working artist, don't care about skill. Yeah. Skill is subjective. Find that. the hardest working artist and love team it. up with them. Because yep. at the end of the day, art is subjective. There are uh-huh. many people be like, 6 9 shouldn't have a, had a career. Mm-hmm. Guess what he did? Because he yeah, fucking exactly. knows how to break yeah. socials and he makes money. Yeah. So don't worry about Sonic. Don't worry yeah. about, oh man, but he's not good. Good is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Find someone who's going to fucking work their balls off to Passionate. chase a dream and to hunt it down. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, my, I had more of a question and, mm-hmm. and it comes back to that um, conversation piece is like, how often do you revisit these things? How often do you mm-hmm. revisit that conversation? Is there, you know, because I've heard differing people, both sides of people that I respect mm-hmm. of like contracts, mm-hmm. no contracts, mm-hmm. you know, these sorts of things. What What are your thoughts on it? I I feel like you should only not have a contract with someone if you're undecided. Like you don't know whether you're actually wanting to lock yourself into this mm-hmm. deal with someone for four years or your artist is undecided and you're sort of on a trial period. Mm-hmm. I feel like contracts are an absolute must mm-hmm. when it comes to protecting my ass and the artist's ass. So in my contract, there's a lot of stuff about auditing, like in terms of if some if there's a discrepancy of this amount, X amount, 5%, then who's paying for the audit? How many audits can you do per year? Uh, you know, well, it depends. You request the audit. Exactly right. So per artist and manager, we get two audits per year if there's a discrepancy of 5% in the mm-hmm. books. So like those sorts of things, who owns what? So if we buy, you know, a drum kit and a bass amp and, you know, whatever else, mm-hmm. who owns that? Mm-hmm. Like there needs to be some sort of, you know, um, 
receipt or record of like, you know, you know, how does, you know, so all of those assets. And yeah, there needs to be a paper trail. Yeah. There needs to be, especially for a manager. Like mm-hmm. I work my dick off. Like I hustle um, and I'm, I'm like, I'm sure like, I'm sure a lot of people do, but if I hustled without the idea that I have that security of this piece of paper that locks me in for four mm. years and then I get residual for another four years after that, so I'm set for eight years if I, you know, work my ass off. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, without that, I would be too concerned with... And as well, the music industry is so fucking snaky. The industry yeah. Yeah. is so fucking snaky. Yep. Like I've met some A&R people where, and they've given me some suggestions where it's like, what are your true intentions here? Like, are you trying to spoil this relationship that I have with this artist with with you trying to, you know, push your agenda with, like, I, like, mm. seriously, I, uh, yeah, I, I go off the motto of like, you know, well, it, the artist and myself need to be literally conjoined. Like, mm-hmm. we need to be like together, obviously, given space, like, you know. I like I I, I you know with, it has to with, be complete trust. Yeah, and, and with anything like whether it be a relationship with your missus or you know whoever, it's like you're not going to overshadow them at a at a party or something. Yeah. You constantly like you know stick by them and make sure they're not talking about. You're going to let them do whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. and like you know like you're not going to be a, a a a bad odor in that sense. <laughs> but like, um, so there's a lot of like. Polit- politics in it and, and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, the music industry is too, to answer your question, music yeah. industry is too snaky not to have contracts. Contracts. And, and how often are those sorts of conversations revisited? With, like in terms of like agreements, like, you know, like you were talking about like how much someone does, uh, how much mm. someone works in mm. relation to social like, will, media will you, or like I- ideas and, mm. and things like that. How often are those Yeah, will you have like a quarterly sit down with yeah. artists? Uh, it's usually it's usually every well at the moment with COVID it's been like per year mm-hmm. at the end of the year so in January early in January I had to sit down with all of my artists we went through all of the sort of positive things of last year mm-hmm. and all of the negative things of last year things that we need to work on set mm-hmm. goals for this year um, like all of that sort of stuff run them through the roadmap mm-hmm. are we happy with this sort of I sort of act like the label in that sense where I'm like I want I want a single here I want a single here and I sort mm-hmm. of map it all out. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it is, it is revisited to a degree, but I don't it's think more like a constant conversation, constant conversation, yeah, like a daily yeah, conversation. Yeah. Um, like you know, I'll be like, oh, we need a post today, and and I'll get them to write up the caption, and we'll pick the photo. Like that. I mean, like we're the. I think as well, it's like yeah, I would never pick up an artist if I didn't think that they weren't ridiculously yeah. invested into it. Mm. Now here's here's a question for you as mm-hmm. well. There's a very contentious debate about bands thinking they need managers Mm -hmm. and we've all got ideas on that Mm -hmm. but how soon do you recommend that a band gets a manager uh until things become un like uh, unmanageable you know know what i mean (laughs) like i i it is it is an absolute priority that all bands get experience working as self-managed bands if you understand the ins and outs of the process in terms of how invoicing works, how gigs work, you know, the splits and all of that sort of stuff, the chance that you're going to get fucked over is much lower. 100%. You've got to know, you've got to be aware of these things before you handball it off to someone else. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you are leaving yourself so vulnerable. Because mm-hmm. um, so I've got, I guess I'll pull at each side of this conversation <laughs> here. Um, and even that I want to come back because I, I managed a lot earlier on with no contracts and I'll mm-hmm. talk about that. Um but so when a band needs management, uh, there's basically two ways to think about this. Um, the first way is, sorry, band, but until you're making money, 
20% of nothing is still nothing. Mm -hmm. um, how do you as a band expect someone else to care about your project, your piece of art, mm -hmm. so much for them to dedicate their time and their, mm -hmm. their life to it yeah. if you can't afford to pay them? Mm -hmm. So for one, there's that conversation, mm -hmm. you know, it is, and I believe this in all industries, it is unrealistic and ridiculous mm -hmm. to get someone else to work for your company for free. Mm -hmm. You know, whether that's mm -hmm. an unpaid intern, yep. all, that's all horseshit in mm -hmm. my opinion. You know, asking someone to come and work and build your vision unless for free. Unless you find a young 18, 19 year old kid who is just willing to learn. That is the yep. only exception to that scenario. Def but I but agree then, with so you. So now let's go down that path. Yep. Um, then that person's doing it for experience. Mm -hmm you don't have the best manager. Mm -hmm. You probably have someone who doesn't really know a lot. Mm -hmm. So are you now getting this management of band because That's you just true. want someone it's there or do you want someone to take you to the next level? Yeah. Because these are two different arguments. Absolutely. Um, so, and, but then it's knowing the decisions you make. So again, if you're in that position in a band where you're going, hey man, everyone in the band mm. is working so fucking mm. hard mm. and we we've got no up. money coming mm. in, mm. First thing I'd go is sit down and let's talk about the roles that mm -hmm. each person in the band's doing. Mm -hmm. Can these can they be done more efficiently? Because clearly something's not yeah, aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you go, okay, well, let's actually, let's do the uncomfortable thing as a band and let's get a fucking spreadsheet and let's look at money. Mm. How much did we spend on gear in the yeah. last 12 months? How much did we spend on touring? How much did we make from shows? And how much did we make from merch? Let's get a clear idea of the financials. That will paint a better picture of when someone else can come in. For sure. Um, and you know, if and then the other side is if you get someone to come in and manage when there's no money coming in. Mm -hmm. Yes, if you know, it might be a friend of the band, and it might be someone who really has the best interest of the band at heart. They they need to you they need to be rewarded with equity of some sort whether Absolutely. it's yeah. something there has to be a chat yeah. because at the end of the day you're asking someone else to come in and help build your vision and your creative process yeah. and put your band forward without monetary um, you know without finances at mm -hmm. the start. Uh, I guess that can be a benefit of working for a band and not getting paid anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like getting in early and getting, you know, a percentage of, of the of the of There's the benefits stock or, to both of it. Absolutely, yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, sorry, go so, on. So, yeah, it's very dependent on the scenario and where you're at as a band and, you know, the sort of songs you're writing and there's so many factors mm -hmm. to be contributing mm -hmm. into that. Um, but I, I do feel like there is sort of space on both sides of that argument. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the big thing that I want bands who are listening to take away is if you're not making money, mm. and by that I don't mean $20 a year through your Spotify streams, yeah. like if you're not generating consistent revenue through merch and mm -hmm. through shows and you haven't had the band talk about money, to me it's it's a ridiculous idea yeah. to come up to someone and say, hey, we need management. Very you, don't have an yeah. you don't have a true understanding of the entity you're building. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then now I want to get back because I managed without uh, contracts for years. Yeah. And, you know, my view on it and why I did it and, and like, and to be honest, nothing really came back to bite me in the ass, mm -hmm. you know, super severely, um, is I was like, one, I was learning. Mm -hmm. So I was learning how to manage. To me, um, I always believe in putting the runs on the board first before you open your mouth. So to me, I hadn't had the the industry experience of being a manager. I hadn't done a lot of the things. I hadn't been through the experiences and gained the mm. skills and knowledge required to be a good manager yeah. yet. Mm. So to me, I was like, look, I'll do this. I'll do this without a contract. I don't care because... One, I never want to lock an artist into me being management if they don't want to be with me. If you want to be with someone else, fine, like go. If you don't think I'm going to be the best person to take your career mm. to the next level, I never want to be the person to hold mm. someone mm. back. Just because we signed a bit of paper six months ago, I don't yeah. care. If, yeah. I'm, if you think I'm holding you back, go and achieve your career without mm. me. The last thing I ever want to do or feel is that I'm restricting an artist because they're contractually signed to mm. me. So to me, I was like, I'll do it 
for with no contracts, purely one, to get my chops up and learn, to understand what it is in management, to build my networks and my experience. But then also, I always play the long game. I'm like, man, I can manage you for three years for you know with no contracts. Mm. Even worst case scenario, let's say that artist leaves me and then I go into another man. In 10 years, I'm going to be a better manager. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll get that back in 10 years. Mm. Um, it's just my thought process. Mm-hmm. And that's just the long game. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I always thought of it as a 10-year game. Mm. So to me, if I wore an L on the first artist I managed because I didn't have a contract, Mm. Oh well, it's a learning curve, mm. and I always looked at it that way. Mm. I think I think I think that is a good way of looking at it. Um, I don't know. I I feel like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think John has just scared me so much in terms of like what the industry can be, mm. and his experiences are so deep and broad. And the, yeah. the other thing with that is, is, and it comes again back to that communication. It's like exactly if right. your communication is really strong with this person and you trust each other and you're on a good working term, yeah. mm-hmm. then a contract won't feel heavy necessarily. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, obviously it's different for every single scenario. There's yep. no one way. There's no one answer. Yeah. Like I said, I've heard people with on both sides that I respect quite a lot and I don't think any way is necessarily better. Absolutely. And that's really important to, to, to remember. 100%. Yeah. In the music industry, if you are telling someone that this is the way to do stop, something, sure. stop listening to that person. Yeah. The best They're way not to giving be you wrong. good advice. Absolutely the best right. way to be wrong is to be certain about something. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, and... So I had a thought there and completely drifted my mind. <laughs> I would say as well, like in terms of my contract, we can, if we both write written sort of like um, letters to part ways, we can part ways at any point in the contract. Obviously, we both have to yep. agree on that. Yep. And I am, I, I, I align with you when you say like if I'm not fitting, because managers are so, it's not one size fits all. Mm. Yeah, managers Absolutely will fill not. different voids in every Correct. single yep. different. Every scenario. manager does different stuff with different every bands. Artist, exactly yeah. right. So yeah. yeah, exactly. So each band of mine, each artist of mine, is a different process. Yeah. It's a different system. Yep. Um, so just to touch on that as well, even like if it got to that point where I was like, "This, we're just banging heads and things aren't going in the right direction. We're not aligned." It would definitely be a look. I don't want to restrict you. I don't want to hold you back. Like mm-hmm. you know, you go do your thing. Um, so yeah, and it's yep. and it's selfish to think that that it's because of that it's the other person's fault or it's yeah, the band's fault sure. or something yep. like that. Like, Yep. Like yeah. I even, as you're saying there, if you treat, if the communication's well and you're transparent and you genuinely have their best interests at heart, mm. look, nine times out of ten, they're not going to leave you mm. because yeah. why would they? Mm. Yeah. It's kind of like how I look at employees. It's like most employees think that, uh, most business owners think their employees work for them mm-hmm. when really it's in reverse. Like the business owner works for the employee. Um, it's kind of the motto. It's like, you should treat your employees like they could leave tomorrow mm-hmm. and they usually won't. Absolutely. Like if your mindset is, holy shit, these people can leave me tomorrow, mm-hmm. I need to make this environment so good for them. Yeah, it feels you. Then yeah. why would they leave tomorrow? No, exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't recommend a contract to someone who's just, it took me two years to sign a contract oh, with yeah. Vanessa, just just to preface that. So, <laughs> And I don't have any contracts with anyone else. It's mm-hmm. just with Aunt May. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it is a process getting a contract, and you want to make sure that it all works. And yeah, and it that. costs money, man. You have to get lawyers yeah. involved. Like it's these yeah. things, it's not like, hey, let me just write up a contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you need it most of the time. Like if you just start out, hey, I'd go out and say, it. if you've been in the industry for under four years, you don't know everything in a contract. Mm. Yeah, like you yeah. do not know what those twelve mm. or thirty pages um, has in the yeah. details. Yeah. You just don't. You haven't been around it. Mm. Yeah. Also, never sign a thirty-page management contract. Not, 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 <laughs> not that you would. But yeah, my my contract with Vanessa is two pages. 
two and a half, but this, this, the third page is like just the signatures and like the, you know, witnesses and all that sort of stuff. So it's very yeah. concise. Um, so think, you can just do heads of agreement. Yeah, exactly right. Like a nap, like, yeah, you don't, it doesn't need to be cluttered with a bunch of shit. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I think uh, we've been, this has been unreal. This has been such a good chat. Um, I think we should start to wrap it up. Yep. So okay. what does the, the future look like for you? Um, what do you want to shout out before we, before we finish up today? Um, future looks like private jets and <laughs> cocktails <laughs> and no, no, no. It looks like 12-hour days uh, for the rest of my life and a lot of fun. Um, I am really looking forward to get out of Australia, like to just start touring internationally. We had a chat about you're doing a tour management thing in America soon. Yep. I'm very envious of that. Um, you'll probably, but- probably be on it while this is... Uh, yeah, this will probably yeah when I'm over in the states. Damn, make it, I'm jealous. Um, yeah, so I really want to get out of the states. I really want to uh, out of the states, out of Australia. Um, tap into different markets. I want to just expand my Sick. horizons. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even pop out of the genres that I'm in right now and mm-hmm. start messing around with some electronic mm-hmm. stuff. I'm really digging cool. the electronic scene right now. Nice. Um, even sorry to jump in there. I think that's. Gr- I fucking love that you said that. Yeah. Um, like for me, I came up listening to punk and hardcore and alternative mm. bands. And then when I joined the DYE, I just went full into Oz Hip Hop mm. for like eight years. And it's been in the last two or three years when I've kind of pulled my head back out. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, this scene's going. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you, man, it is liberating. It's yeah. so much freer just being able to not feel like you're constricted by a genre. Exactly. Because um, then, you know, it's when yeah. you're so heavy in that genre that dictates, you know, how you act and the clothes and everything like that. Like, uh-huh. Just being able to jump from genre to genre is so liberating that, and it's yeah. so freeing. And, and it levels you up. 100%. It's the same approach see, for me yeah. with recording contracts, and mixing. Contracts yeah. in different genres are completely are so different. different. And yeah. everything is different. The networks are different. The way that people do things. Act, it, yep. Yeah, it's, it is a completely different world when you jump mm-hmm. into these different genres. And then you jump into different markets in different countries and it changes up again. It's yep. like it, I really want to start learning all of that. I feel like I'm really – I'm starting to nail the local stuff and – like, you know, I haven't really nailed the interstate stuff yet, but we're sort of getting there. You're building. Um, yeah, building. And it's like, yeah, I just want to continue growing, continue learning. And, and yeah. Any any shout outs? Yeah, where can people find you on socials? Um, Seamus C, so that's S-H-A-E-M-U-S-C on Instagram. And yeah, that's that. I'm not super active, but yeah, you can come chuck, chuck me a and follow. Exude. Feel free to DM me if you have any questions. Um, exude, yeah, exudemanagement.com, exudegroup.com. Um, yeah, come down to the Westwood. We're there pretty much every day. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. Great. Nice. Thank you very much for joining us, Thank my man. Always a pleasure yeah. having you in the building. Good fun. Uh, as always, if you've liked what you've heard here, if you want to get into management or if you've had a buddy talking about management, make sure you share this podcast with them. Give it a rating on Spotify. That's how we can get this information out to more people. Consultations as well. Oh, we do. We have open free 15-minute consultations for us and the team here, myself, Stu, and Matthew Craig from AU Dollars, all giving away free 15-minute Zooms. Jump on our calendar. Links are in all our bios to make a booking. And we will see you next time on the Marshall Street Podcast. See you later. Peace. Yeah, yeah.